Louis. Luis. <laughs> What's up? What were you just doing in there? What? I was just... Let me guess. You were cutting me out. What are you talking about? A little impromptu meeting you just had with Jessica and Lucille that you conveniently left me out of. I didn't leave you out of anything. I mean, I thought we were a team. I thought this was the start of something, but I... Louis? Now Louis. I see the truth all too clearly. Louis, I was walking by and they called me in. Yeah, just in time to take the credit for what I did. I didn't do that. Wouldn't even think of doing that. But you know what? You would, and that's your problem right there. Suits Season 1, Episode 8 is over. And if you want to talk about identity crisis, then suit yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino, back here with a man who would never murder somebody on a podcast unless they had it coming. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? I'm great. You know that, yeah, if if they have it coming, I'm the guy. I'm the guy to go ahead and, and get if rid of them. If they had it coming. If they have it coming. But I, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. often. It, almost never. Pretty much never. Like, it's never happened. You don't have yeah. to worry about it happening. But I'm good. I'm happy to be here, Rob. Yes, I've seen it happen before where, you know, you're on the podcast with somebody and they're like, uh, can I have some water? And you're like, no, we're out of water. No. Nah. Yeah, we don't have water. That doesn't exist here. That's not a thing. We, this is a law firm, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is an interesting episode, especially when we get into the topic we're talking about. Uh, Rob, your guy, Lewis, he killed someone. He killed somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it turns out that they the show kind of does acquit Lewis of that. He said that the guy had like, a, like an embolism or something. So it wasn't exactly that, but I do feel like that Lewis had to exacerbate the issue there. The widow certainly feels like Lewis is the person responsible. Lewis seems like a little excited that he was the person that killed somebody. Like it wasn't like he was riddled with guilt. No, he wanted to be the the person who, uh, you know, the hammer, right? He wanted to be the strong arm of the law. And so he says, uh, yeah, this guy died while I was interrogating him. But had he not been a criminal crook, you know, horrible person, then he wouldn't have cracked under the pressure and then just chose to die as a way to opt out of my interrogation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for him, he thinks this makes him look like even more of a badass. Like, remember that time Lewis was so hard, so tough on crime that a guy just died to escape him. But later on, when we find out that maybe it wasn't Lewis's doing and that people actually believe that Lewis had something to do with it, you know, I think the the court of public opinion does think that Lewis killed this man. And I'm very much in that court as well. I think that Lewis is <laughs> yeah. responsible for this man. I think so too. Yeah. Is this the biggest Lewis episode to date? This is. This is a big Lewis episode. And I don't, I don't think it looks good as far as the Liddy's concerned, Rob. Your fave. Mm-hmm. It, it might be his namesake, but I just don't think he's going to get the award a lot in these early episodes. Yeah. Possibly not. All right. So uh, there was really then uh, two other storylines going on besides all of the stuff dealing with uh, the character of Lewis that we had the uh, storyline, which sort of leads us into uh, Lewis interrogating uh, this one person is that there is uh, this charity, Stable Shelters, that Uh, is a big deal and something that uh, both Jessica and Harvey are very involved in. And they are building homes for unhomed people. Yeah, so Stable Shelters is who, uh, I guess they're one of Harvey and Jessica's clients, and they needed a loan. And so they were getting a bridge loan. It got approved, but 
in order to get the loan, they're going to have to pay back 15% interest. And this is a problem because Stable Shelter needing the bridge loan already shows that they don't really have a lot of money. And so um, the issue with them not having money is because there was this guy named Anthony Maslow who embezzled uh, a lot of money from the company. And now um, they can barely, you know, afford to house these people. So until they can get down to the, I guess, to the bottom of the Maslow situation, they're always going to be in financial trouble. Let me get this straight. So this guy Maslow, he embezzled $150 million from this charity. Yeah. Uh he was Where does just he get embezzling off, this guy. Yeah. He sucks. I, I mean, mean they this was, was a was pretty bold move. Like it wasn't like that they had like trillions of dollars. He's like, oh, nobody'll notice if I he basically he took all of their money and just and just like ah. Yeah. He said, I'm who gonna get away with people? It. He was spending $500 a night on a doggy daycare when he went to, to Greece. I went to Greece before. I didn't spend $500 yeah. a day on my daycare. My that, first podcast legit. was in Greece. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How are, you, that go? are you imagining it now? Uh, yeah. 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 Can we talk about it or is that <laughs> something that we should? Is that too personal? Or do you want to go back, Rob? Yeah. You can have another first. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But you know, this guy Maslow is, uh, I mean, he might be, is he Trevor's dad? No, I, look, Trevor wishes. Uh, Trevor is a criminal uh, as well, but I yeah. don't think he has the 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 technique and the steady hands to pull off a procedure like Maslow here. Okay, this guy Anthony Maslow, uh, he sucks so bad, and like, I feel bad for the actor who plays him. Uh, that he is just a guy who's always like such a worm in everything. This guy, have you seen this guy in other things? Well, he when it's funny because when I saw him, Bruce Altman. Thought, well, that's the thing. I, I thought, oh, obviously this guy is guilty of whatever they're saying because it's the guy who's always guilty. But it's I couldn't tell you guilty, what else he's been guy. guilty in. He just, okay. he just has one of those faces. What is he from? Okay, so I believe he is the titular Bernie Madoff in Bernie Madoff. He's he's like a guy who's like a bad guy in everything. Anytime that he's on the show, he's the villain. I, I, I was trying to figure out where I know him from recently. He's in Rookie of the Year. He's like the stepdad that marries uh, the mom. That he's just—he's always like the wormiest guy. You know, Suits does a really good job of casting people like that. Because I'd say the same thing about Lewis Lit. You know, that mm-hmm. actor. When you see him, you're like, oh, this guy. This guy's smarmy. You know, he's 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 he's. There's something about him that yeah. I shouldn't trust. I really would hate to get typecast like that. I, I apologize that uh, actually Richard Dreyfuss played Bernie Madoff in the Bernie Madoff movie, but Bruce Altman is in it. Oh, and he's enough. definitely that's- in on it. He's definitely helping. <laughs> I don't need to see the movie. He's definitely one of the people helping Bernie Madoff, and he's not trying to stop Bernie Madoff. No, we can assume that this man is guilty, and we should punish him to, 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 with all our with all mm-hmm. the power that we have. Uh, because I don't have, like again. I don't have to see the movie. I don't have to know who Gary Flumenbaum is. But I'm just going to assume he's guilty, too. Yeah. Okay. So we were trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with Maslow. And so that we have somebody here in the office that we're going to be interrogating. His name's Elliot Perkins. And Harvey gets interrupted by Jerome Jensen. He can't go in. We'll talk about Jerome Jensen more in a little bit. But Elliot Perkins is there with his lawyer, Tim Russ, a.k.a. Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager. (laughs) And he is sitting there and Lewis is just going to go off. Lewis is ripping this guy a new one. 
Yeah, so Perkins is who we assume is going to be the fall guy for this, right? If we can't get to Maslow, we need to get to Perkins first. And so Lewis comes in and he's like, I'm the hammer. I'm tough on crime. I'm about to make this happen. I'm about to shut all this down. Harvey's busy, but when he gets back, he's going to be so proud of the work that I've done. And the first question he leads off with is like, okay, number one, do you sleep well at night? Mm-hmm. Do you sleep well at night being like a criminal? <laughs> he's like, you're being a horrible ass person. And he just goes buck wild on him to the point where this man is obviously just so uncomfortable with a lot of questioning. It looks like he's totally guilty. He's sweating and he's asking for water. And it was like, we don't know what water is. We don't have water. Like, yeah. What's what water? What's that? And, and you know, for a second, it does look like Lewis is onto something. Yeah. And then the next thing we know, we see Mr. Perkins carried out on a stretcher. Mm. Um, yeah. It doesn't look like he's faking Rob. He wasn't faking it. Cause then we come back from the cold open and he has died. Yeah, he died. He's dead. It was he's dead. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. And this is and this is actually horrible because this was their number one like person that they could come after. They were like, if we could get Perkins to roll on Maslow, everything would be fine. Well, now he's dead. And Lewis is unapologetically, you know, un- like not concerned at all by um by this man dying. He says, I will not apologize for deposing a criminal in a vigorous manner. Sir, you killed this man. Yeah. That's not the same. Yeah. Look, but there's sort of this idea, well, he had it coming, you know? He was a bad guy, you know? We're not too worried about it. Yeah, it. everyone's like, okay, you know, it's cool. He, he he was a criminal. It's fine. But we later find out that Perkins is innocent. Everything Perkins yes. was saying was well, true. He had no clue. <laughs> yeah, so Perkins being innocent definitely uh, is a curveball. Uh, Lewis still doesn't feel bad. Uh, he thought that he was a bad guy. So I feel like that that's, that was enough. Yeah. It was a pulmonary embolism. Yeah. It could have happened to anybody. It's not necessarily Lewis's fault, but maybe I had to give this man some water. Look, I don't know. Lewis look, seems a little know. upset that, that he gets like taken off the hook. Like I think he did want that on his resume. He wanted the lore, right? Because when we see him walking around, we see Mike Ross walking around at some point, and he's like, hey, did you hear Lewis killed a guy? You know, mm-hmm. Lewis loves intimidating these young associates and he having that. that, you know, that badge of honor that I killed a criminal uh, with my, just with my uh, my interrogation skills, that that would be the the feather in the cap that he needs, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't get it because yeah. he actually killed somebody who was innocent. And Harvey's like, look, I can't work with this guy. Look, he's a loose cannon. And Jessica's like, no, no, I need you guys to both uh, work together. Uh, Lewis is going to come to, uh, he gets past Donna's uh, security. He gets into the office and he's touching Harvey's records. And Lewis asks Harvey about, how come you don't have any records from the greatest band of all time? Right. And Harvey does not know who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Lewis says it's a little British band called Queen. Yeah. Now, yeah, Harvey responds that real musicians, they don't wear eyeliner. And this is be the first time you ever hear me just drag Harvey, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, sir. what's your problem, Harvey? I mean, you've he's- got like 500 records there. Queen can't make the cut. Freddie F and Mercury is a genius. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm I'm sorry, Harvey, you are wrong. Uh, you are disqualified from the Liddy just based off of this statement alone. There right. are so many musicians that wear eyeliner that are incredible. Uh, I will not stand for this. Lewis should have slapped him. Yeah, this was just such a bold statement from, you know, you would feel like that Harvey is like a music uh, aficionado. It wasn't like that Lewis was like, where's new kids on the block? 
Yeah. Yeah, that would I would I'd be like, okay, Lewis, that's a little, you know, a little kitschy, I guess is the word. Uh, but mm-hmm. but here, this is Queen. This is Freddie F and Mercury. You, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Harvey, but you're you're dead ass wrong and you should be arrested. I think that maybe Lewis should have made uh you beg for some water in this episode. I just thought that was a very that, like you said, a bold claim, but a bold faced lie. Like you just blatantly lie with your whole yeah. ass chest for no reason, Harvey. And Lewis comes back, what about Prince? Yeah, what about Prince? Yeah. And Harvey kind of like, oh, well, what do you want? Like kind of like flounders at that point. Like, yeah, watch what you're saying, man, because I'm barely letting you make it with the Freddie Mercury slander. But if you go a little bit further, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pull up. Yeah. I'm going to have to drive back to 2011 and make some stuff shake. <laughs> okay. So uh, Harvey wants Lewis to back off. Okay. Uh, get out of here. You're you're too much of a loose cannon. Um, you know, there's also one other thing in this episode that going back to Lewis, when Lewis tries to go into Harvey's office and mm-hmm. tell me if this, if I'm reading too much into this, that there's a point where Lewis is trying to get past Donna and he's trying to get one over on Donna and she says to him a date, June 3rd, mm-hmm. 1997. And Lewis is like, he's like, uh, uh, what do you mean? Uh, he's like, does, does Harvey know? She's like, I could, I could tell him. I could let him know. He's like, no, 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 not that. Anything but that. Are we are, are we like touching on something here? You know, it's interesting because Lewis tries to pull a rank on Donna. We've seen that Donna pretty much can just do what she wants in, in this in this world. She, she's never wrong. She eavesdrops on all the conversations. Nobody has to see, seem to have a problem with it. Nobody con- nobody goes over Donna's head. We haven't even seen Jessica really challenge Donna. And she's the boss's boss's mm-hmm. boss. So for Lewis to kind of try to pull rank here, I honestly was wondering why it took so long. You know, because um, like he said, uh, he's a humpback whale here and she's fight flanking but uh, when June 3rd, 1997 drops, I really, really want to know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Because whatever it is, it's so embarrassing that Lewis will pay her to keep the secret. And he wants to be sure that if nobody else doesn't know, Harvey is kept you know, completely oblivious to whatever happened this day. So the secret is safe with Donna as long as he does not go in Harvey's office. Okay. All right. So then... Now that we have this one guy who is already out of the picture, Perkins, this is like a great spot for Maslow's people to blame Perkins. He was the perpetrator. This was the guy who was uh, embezzling. Yeah, they're like, uh, that dead guy? It was him. What, what, we got him. Good job, Lewis. You killed him. He's dead. Now we can blame everything on him. Yeah, perfect uh, You know, scapegoat is somebody mm-hmm. who cannot defend themselves. And so... Although Lewis thought he was doing something good by killing this man, uh, it definitely made things a little bit worse, which is kind of a hallmark for this episode for uh, Lewis. <laughs> okay, so eventually uh, they have a funeral for the guy who died, Perkins, and Harvey goes out there and tries to talk to the widow to get some information. And basically she's like, what are you doing here? You know, uh, you all like uh, said, thought my husband was guilty. And he's like, no, I don't think that. We need to get more information. Harvey's making some inroads, but here comes Lewis, who then comes to the guy's funeral that he killed, makes an overture to the widow, and she's like, what is this murderer doing here? This is the guy that killed my husband. Right. And he goes, we don't know that. Lewis, that's not the correct answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Said, my husband would be alive today if it weren't for you. He's like, ah, you can't prove that. He's like, mm-hmm. thank you? Is that supposed to make this lady feel better? Because 
it was you who made sure that the rumor that you killed this man was perpetuated. You were saying, everybody, like, yeah, can I take credit for that? Now that you got credit for it, you don't want it. And you definitely shouldn't be doing this at the funeral. Damn, the body ain't even cold, Lewis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Lewis and Harvey are not really getting anywhere uh, that the uh, woman who runs the uh, the uh, shelter organization, Lucille, like, she needs this money pretty bad. Uh, she's willing to take the crappy offer from Maslow. Yeah. So when she took out the bridge loan, that was pretty much all she needed, uh, like all Maslow needed to know to know how down bad she was um, because it made her look desperate. And so they're like, look, we can lowball her because she's going to take whatever we give her. And so Harvey is telling her not to sell. Uh, I think Jessica's Jessica saying take the I'm deal. Sorry. Yeah, Jessica's like, look, let's just get out of here with whatever we can. But Harvey, you know him. He's like, I don't lose. I'm not about to lose. I can fix this. We can make this happen. So they end up saying that they'll take uh, take on her case, you know, and waive their fee and, mm -hmm. and everything just to make this happen. Give her back money. Yeah, they're doing mm -hmm. everything they can. Uh, so Lewis is going to really go out of his way. That It's personal for Lewis now. He goes and uh, finds one of the other associates of Maslow, uh, this woman who works for Maslow, uh, that she's uh, simply known as uh, Inez. And mm -hmm. that Lewis goes to her and basically says, hey, it's the carrot or the stick. Like, I believe in the carrot. Starts making her uh, kind of a sweet deal to testify against Maslow. Yeah, he starts off with, you know, I'm, I'm Lewis Lid and I got the big stick. I'm ready to lay, lay, lay the smack it down if you aren't ready to play ball. And she says, yeah, I know too. you killed that guy. Yeah, basically, that's what she heard was, ma'am, if you don't listen to me, <laughs> I'll next. kill you too. And she's like, oh my God. So she goes, so she does the like, like, I know you're a monster. <laughs> I'm not shocked by this. He's like, whoa, 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 sorry, uh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Let, let's try the carrot. And so uh, he decides to offer her <laughs> the sweetest deal of all time, which is, have you ever considered working for Jessica Pearson? You mm. know, you know, if if you play ball with us, yeah, I can, I, we can hook you up with a job. And so she's like, hmm, okay, this is enticing. So he's now gambled Jessica a job with Jessica uh, on this entire case. Yeah, and so he's making some progress, and then Harvey and Lewis they go back to Maslow's office and like, uh, we've got Inez. She told us everything, and then. Uh, Tim Russ uh, is basically like, oh, let's let's bring her in here. And then it turns out like, oh, no, she was faking. Lewis tried to bribe her. And now right. Maslow's uh, offer is half. He's like the banker on deal or no deal. Right. He's like, ooh, you grabbed the wrong case. Uh, deal or no deal is something that Meghan Markle here oh, uh, yeah, would know a lot about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, um, they're doing a lot of folder slamming too, right? And so it's like, ha-ha, there is no Dubai. She lied. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so now the settlement is even lower. And again, this is a Lewis issue here because the, her thing was, you know, um, perjury. But this is bribery and those are about equal. And so, yeah, Lewis takes another L. And Jessica, uh, she is 
very upset with these two because she just wants them to work together to make this thing happen. And now nobody wants to take the deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got to take the deal. All right. And so ultimately like Lewis is like really in hot water with Harvey. He's really upset about this. Uh, the thing that does end up working out is that Mike ends up being able to get some access to the records by way of the, the daughter of Jerome Jensen, who we'll talk about in the other storyline. And so they get some numbers and they really, they, but they're going to need some help. And Jessica says, you got to get Lewis back. He's the best uh, financial forensics guy we've got. Yes. Um, this, you need a financial expert uh, to break this case. And we know who that person is. It's Lewis Litt. And so they bring him in because his expertise is these financial crimes. And so he initially comes in and he kind of looks at the data that they have. Uh, Mike tells him that I believe it's $152,375,242.18 uh, that has been embezzled. And so Lewis's idea is to come up with a plan to find out which accounts this money is in. And so um, in that moment, Lewis just sits down and he parses it out. He does process of elimination and realizes that it's between these five banks. They can't find accounts, though. But uh, later on, we see that Lewis is able to find some security boxes that have the amount of money that like that adds up to this uh, yeah. one million fifty two one hundred fifty two million dollars and some change. So one of the things they felt was interesting was Harvey needs to go find Lewis, and we find out that Lewis has gone to the shooting range, and so Lewis is uh, doing some uh, target practice. Uh, that what what kind of gun does he have? A a forty four Magnum. Yes, like dirty Harry. Yeah, uh, I believe the reference was uh, feeling lucky today, punk. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, they slipped that one in. There were a few references in this episode, uh, Rob. I don't know if you caught them all, but there was a lot of them. Yeah, uh, there's also some talk about the Godfather as well uh, that we'll mm-hmm. talk about for the other storyline. But yeah, um, Lewis, uh, is this Chekhov's gun? Is Lewis's gun going to come into play more over the course of nine seasons of Suits? Look, he's proven in this episode that he doesn't need a gun to, to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not his weapon of choice. He has a license to kill. And yeah, so, which is worried. But this was kind of like a great team up of, uh, you know, uh, here were Harvey and Lewis having to work together like uh, Kobe and Shaq coming together to like uh, these people who they don't get along, but uh, they, they actually won in this episode together. They did, but it was in spite of each other. It's the fact that they can't work together is really the issue because Lewis repeatedly tells Harvey, you got to let me in on your plans. But we keep seeing Lewis going rogue as well. He just really wants Harvey to respect him as his equal. And we know Harvey doesn't respect anybody as his equal, except maybe Jessica. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough road for them. But they do get to the bottom of it, and they're able to uh, corner Maslow with the information that they do know where these uh, that these uh, security boxes exist and that they've got them cornered. Yeah, so just, now that's such settle. a great scene though. The two of them, like for the first time in nine or eight episodes of the show that we see like Lewis and Harvey, like on the same side of an issue. Mm-hmm. It took a very long time and there'll be cases in the future that, uh, not to spoil anything, but definitely where they're working on the same case, but they are actively working against each other. Oh on yeah. The same case. I mean, that's probably yeah, every other so- episode of the show. 
Yeah, and so they're like, I won. No, I won. It's like, but didn't y'all, don't y'all work at the same place? Mm-hmm. You know? So this was like the one, the first time they were able to align. Yeah. Um, you know, it just took a, a, a long time. It took way too long. But Chappelle, it's a short-lived victory because like Lewis is like riding high. Uh, like uh, he's like walking through the hallway, like schmoozing with everybody. He's like, hey, tonight, like Mark, we're going to tequila shots. Like, hey, what's happening? And then he sees that he like missed the meeting where Jessica and Harvey ended up telling Lucille that everything was good. Even though Harvey does give the credit to Lewis, he's like, hey, you totally screwed me over, Harvey. You totally didn't tell her that I did anything. And Harvey's like, I would never do that. He's like, "Uh, but you know what's messed up? You would. Yeah, and that's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, Lewis is that kind of snake. He yeah. is that, that kind of shark where he would definitely want all the credit for this. Like he wanted credit for when that when he murdered that man. Like, you know, uh, most people would be like, you know, don't really say that because it makes me sound like a bad person. But Lewis, he relishes that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, he saw Harvey talking. and was like, oh, obviously you cut me out. But that's definitely a Lewis move. Rob, one thing to track throughout this uh, show is this character that he asked to get the tequila shots with. Harold? Yeah. Oh, he hates Harold. Poor Harold. Harold just feels like a punching bag in the office. I don't know where they got this guy, but they just put him in all the worst situations so Lewis can beat up on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when Harold hears that he's supposed to get tequila shots with Lewis, that's how you know Lewis is on cloud nine because Lewis <laughs> would never want to be seen with Harold in person. Let's talk public. through the other storyline, Chappelle, that uh, I think not as interesting as what's going on here with Lewis and the financial crimes. But, uh, you know, the episode opens up and we get to see where Mike and uh, Rachel are working through it. And I thought this was like such a, like a weird conversation about where Rachel talks about how you know, Greece, that was the first time was in Greece. And I thought it was like going to be like a setup for like, oh, the the, the first time I stayed at a five-star hotel. Uh, but right. no, she's mm. alluding to something. She is. She's telling them that's where she used to get busy, you know, for the first time. And so he's like, so do you want to go back? Or is that something mm-hmm. like, she's like, I know you aren't picturing it, are you? Yes, Rachel, he is. He's do- he's picking up exactly what you put down. Yeah. We get it. You Ra- like the guy. Rachel, stop harassing this man in the workplace, okay? It's technically sexual harassment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is that is true. Harassment, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's precious, uh, but also Lewis sees them. And yeah. that's where this starts to like go downhill because... You flirting in the workplace is frowned upon, but flirting in front of your boss is tacky. That's very, very tacky. Yeah. You could get fired for that. All right. We meet Jerome Jensen, a guy who's um some, I don't know what like what he is. He's like a CEO, and Harvey is like his personal lawyer. And I, I just thought that the storyline is kind of odd that he comes in and he's like, look at this. Look at this, Harvey. I found a fake ID that my adult daughter has. I need you to get to the bottom of this. And Mike even asked, like, what are we, private investigators? He's like, no, private investigators couldn't fix the problem. But it is, like, a little bit weird that these lawyers, like, have to go and, like, solve, like, Scooby-Doo mysteries sometimes. Yeah. uh, You got these people on retainer, so you're like, look, this is a business issue in a way. We find out later on that, uh, you know, this fake ID is like the first of many breadcrumbs that will lead us to seeing that him and his daughter, whose name is not Mildred Wisniewski, um, you know, they they have a they're having some 
differences, you know, and his daughter will later go on to do some things that are against her father's company. So, yeah, I guess starting with the lawyer is cool because you want to keep this thing out of the public eye yeah. because it's a big company. So, all right, the daughter, it turns out that we find out that she is embezzling money from her dad's company, but her dad's company is like doing some shady stuff where they're sort of like poisoning the groundwater and she's like a scientist and she's going to expose her dad's company and it's embezzled all of this money and Mike is getting close to finding it out. And because she's so good with computers, she hacks into Harvard and knows that Mike didn't actually go there. And then Mike ultimately gets her on board to help with uh, cracking the financial crimes. Did the issue right. with her dad ever get resolved, Chappelle? Did I miss something? You missed something, but we all did because they didn't really cover it in the episode. <laughs> so the entire- Was so the there entire a plot, secret scene? Probably. The entire plot is that Mike keeps trying to help this, this father and daughter align. Dad doesn't want to give up on his daughter and send her to jail, even though he knows he's she's robbing him blind. And daughter doesn't want to blow the whistle on dad. She just keeps stealing money and, and like holding on to it to one day pay off these people who she thinks she's protecting. But neither one of them is moving. It's kind of like a cold war between the two of them. And so it it becomes clear that to Mike that they're not going to ever do this. They're, they're, Harvey keeps telling them they're not going to pull the trigger. Both of them are trying to get the other one to crack. They want to reconcile. So Mike finally just gives up. And he says, okay, well, look, if you're not going to do that, if you're, too busy, you're so busy hacking into Harvard and finding out that I'm not really a lawyer, why don't you help me with this other case, with Maslow's case? Help us dig into these banks. So in that moment, because he's like, you want to really help somebody? There are ways you can help somebody. You, this this thing you're doing is not helping anybody. It's just asking for daddy's attention. And so they work on that. And then by the end, she's able to come back and say, like, all right, Mike, I, I was able to do you a solid. Not only did I hack into Harvard Records and assist you by giving you a fake degree and putting you in the alumni database and giving you a fake GPA with mm -hmm. your social security attached to it, um, she's able to say, you know, I also reconcile with my dad kind of off screen. So you <laughs> okay. know, her and her dad, are, are they're working on things. But I think it was just the notion that, ma'am, you're, you're, you're lying to yourself if you think you're, uh, you're helping people. She was basically calling herself Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. uh, and she wasn't. She wasn't doing Robin Hood things. She was just kind of, you know, yeah. looking for attention. Mike's like, you want to help people like uh, help fix this other problem. Right. And then the thing is, too, like, Mike. I just feel like this is the person you want to hold on to. Like, this is a the man in the chair. You know, this woman is going to be so useful if she could just hack into databases and stuff like that. Uh, because remember, Mike suggested to Harvey, what if I ha hack into the database at Harvard and then put some information yeah. in there? And Harvey's like, no, you don't have to do that. That's stupid. And also, how are we going to do that? Now you have somebody who can. You do it. But then you just let her go. No, 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 no. Lola's supposed to be on speed dial. She's supposed to be on retainer. Hire her. She should be Jessica's yeah. new assistant. Get get Lewis in there. Right, or something. I'm just saying, this woman could do all of that and she barely knows Mike Ross. I think you might want to have somebody like her around. There are too many people who are starting to learn this secret. Now Jenny knows the secret and Lola, um, and, and, you know, in addition to Harvey and Donna. So that's mm -hmm. what, up to five, five, six people now who know it. It's, yeah. uh, it's starting to spread a little bit. Okay. And then she, the daughter ends up giving Mike a Harvard diploma. I mean, Mike has a cubicle. He doesn't have any place to display his diploma, but he has one. You could put it in a cubicle. They got those little like kind of like bulletin board type situations that you can do. <laughs> but no, you take it home. You don't need to display your Harvard diploma in an office where everybody apparently went to Harvard. Like, yeah. That's just a little overkill. Yeah. That's how, that's how you get caught. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay. Uh, 
Anything else from this episode of Suits? Uh, no. I think we really need to talk about the Liddy here because I don't. I guess Harvey gets it right. But then the Queen ref kind of, I'm sorry, I just can't let yeah. it go. Uh, I mean, you gave him a penalty nom in terms of getting the Liddy. Uh, could Mike get it? Or, I mean, Lewis, even though he killed somebody, he did come through in the end. No. <laughs> we could give this to to Mike Ross. I don't I don't see him having any any bad reads in this one. He didn't kill he, anybody, he, and he didn't say that Queen is disqualified from his record collection for wearing eyeliner. Right, and hint that Prince possibly could too. And that's like I said, I, that's uh, unforgivable. Jessica can't get it because she was wrong. Just like, oh, you got to settle. Like, oh, come on, Jessica, give let Harvey cook. Uh, and then Rachel. Uh, I mean, she's making a move at Mike Ross. I guess mm -hmm. that's something. So I think, yeah, I think Mike Ross is probably the person who um, who's doing the best here. Um, so yeah, uh, I give, give it to him, Liddy, Liddy for Mike Ross. Okay, all right. Uh, we got some feedback here. Go to uh, suitspodcast.com/feedback. You can leave us your questions and comments about every single episode, even if you get ahead at suitspodcast.com/feedback. David Schwartz wants to know, has anybody ever died mid-podcast? Probably somebody did, right? I don't, I would hope not. I don't think that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I like if I'm like, Rob, I need to get some water, you you gotta let me go get some water. We mm -hmm. go, you know, that it's not really something I, I think we should push through. I think yeah. I think it's easy to stay alive on a podcast. I guess the question is that is that the way I'd like to go? And uh oh. Do I just want, like if I died on a podcast, like I just dropped that on a live podcast. Like, would it be a GIF? I, I wouldn't like that. It wouldn't like, be I, a When GIF. I fall out of the chair? I don't know. I, I assume that we will not be talking about suits when that happens. Mm -hmm. So I, hopefully I just find out about the story anecdotally yeah. and it's not something that I actually Somebody to tweet to 911 if they ever see that happen on a live show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, you know, someone should tweet call there there should be a lot going on if mm -hmm. someone sees you pass out on i just a, hope it was a good episode that i go out on right what show would be the death of you though that's a good question mm -hmm. like milf manor season two just gets really yeah. raunchy and you're just like you just that, have could, do a that could do it if anything yeah yeah i think so okay uh, rob we also got some tweets yes uh yes uh Jessica Frey, one of our uh, our legal team that we're establishing here, yes. um, says that uh, the episode Dirty Little Secrets is one of her favorite episodes um, because of the line you lost in housing court. Um, but I also happen to deal with a lot of landlords and tenants. So that's from her personal experience. She also says that uh, Rachel's test anxiety with the LSAT is a very relatable thing um, and that she had to call her grandma the night before. Um, so, you know, before she did it. You know, Where's Mike's grandma? We haven't seen like her in a while. Did he forget about her? No, every now and then they mention her like, oh, yeah. I got to go see Granny or I got to do something with Granny. And then Harvey's always like, forget Granny. You got to come do stuff with me. He's like, yeah. okay, sadly. Okay. And so, yeah, maybe we'll get Granny in a future episode. Chappelle, I got a little bit of a check-in. I see currently 85 uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we are mm -hmm. closing in. I said if we got to 100, we're going to ignite the Facebook group. Okay, and I want some ratings. So I think that we should start saying that, you know, leave us some five-star ratings on these Apple reviews. Go to our suitspodcast.com to leave some ratings and let us know 
what's your what is your background with test anxiety? Have you ever been in a situation where you had to struggle for the LSAT or something like that? Rob, I'm gonna tell you right now, I've never had test anxiety. I go in either knowing I'm either gonna pass or I'm gonna fail. There's no middle ground. I'm never nervous because if I'm nervous, I know I'm gonna fail. So mm-hmm. that's just my story. But yeah, leave us a five star review and tell us is the, did the LSAT whoop your ass or do you have like some other <laughs> test uh, experience uh, in the background? I know some people who failed their driver's test because of anxiety. It's not really my bag. Again, like I said, I wouldn't have taken it if I thought I could fail it or I would have failed it gracefully, but I would have never been nervous about it. So let us know. Uh, Tweet us at SuitsPod and uh, give us some feedback. Let me give you another couple of reviews. Uh, This is one from H Monkey Run says, half hour of fun. Rob and Chappelle are so funny together that listen to them talk about anything but a daily podcast about suits. One of my favorite shows is a bright light in my overstressed life. Take a break and compare your life to the wild antics of the staff at Pearson, insert random partner name here, and your life will seem like a cakewalk. I mean, your worst coworker can't be nearly as annoying as Lewis, right? Uh, Yeah, I, I have a lot of coworkers here at RHAP and uh, no Lewis's. No mm-hmm. Lewis's. Let's see, it gets kind of close, but, but no Lewis's that I would, uh, you know, nobody I could just completely pin that on. All right. Well, we appreciate all of your feedback. So happy that you all are coming along with us on our Suits journey as the end of season one uh, is the light at the end of the tunnel. Can you believe it? We're so close. We're yeah, so close. By the what end of this week, this? we'll be at uh, what do you season think about two. The first season. Yeah, what do you I, think about it, Rob? It's, it's season so, one. What do you so far? I have already it? watched season one, so I I, I watched mm-hmm. it before. So uh, that was a great refresher to come in and sort of like get familiar with the show before we started doing the uh, daily rewatch. The real test is going to come when we get to season two, and uh, everything is going to be new for me. Yeah, and I'm going to have a great time talking to you about it because it's been a while since I've watched it, so it's not going to be new, but it'll be newish. Newish, and so uh, yeah. So I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. And it'll be starting with Sunday. <laughs> we're pretty close. Yeah, we're pretty close. All right, Chappelle, uh, where can people keep up with you? At Chappelle's underscore show on Twitter and at Chappelle TNT on Instagram. And remember, follow at Suits Pod uh, on Twitter as well. Yeah, and I'm at Rob Cesarino. If you're just discovering us here on uh, Suits yourself, Chappelle and I do a lot of other podcasting on a lot of other shows. Follow us on social media to uh, get a little taste of all the other stuff we're doing. We will see you tomorrow for episode nine of Suits Season 1. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.